Welcome to The Green Room, a show about shows. Emily, hello. Hi, hello. How are you? Hi, great. How are you? I'm great. I'm excited to talk about The Real Housewives of Salt Lake City, episode three. Let's start with our gossip corner, a little bit of house gossip. Now, we've gone pretty hard <laughs> on Lisa for the uh, exterior Terrible. of her home. Terrible. Turns out that's not her home. Uh, for privacy reasons, they are showing the exterior of her sister's home because who cares about her sister's privacy uh, so we don't actually know what the outside of Lisa's house looks like. And we never will, from what I can never. tell. <laughs> because Lisa, <laughs> I love that Lisa, before the show even started filming, was so confident that she was going to be wildly popular <laughs> that she would like made a precaution not to show her front of the house. And I love that the other housewives are like, well, I guess that Jen rented that house, but Heather's like, yeah, sure, show my Midvale, whatever. Meredith. And okay. Meredith's house is pretty specific, so I feel like you could yeah. fight that. Yeah, exactly. What do you have? Okay, so I had a, a source hit me up about this Mary surgery. I can't stop talking about the sweat gland removal, the odor well, gland. I mean. Because it's fascinating. So one of my a friend t- texted me about how she actually had a friend who did removed her sweat glands. And wow. she said it cost $200,000. Because the reason she did it was because she didn't want to smell anymore. So you still sweat to cool your body down, but you don't have the smell. And she did say like the surgery was pretty crazy. They have to deflate a lung, snip, snip the gland, refill the lung, deflate the other lung, and then snip the other side. Which is so hilarious that Mary like now talks about the hospital. Like, but you chose, I mean... You chose that. And I know someone told me Mary had it done because she had like an allergic reaction, but I just love to call BS on that because it's just not true. And even if Mary's doctor told me it was true, it's just not true. It's not true. <laughs> she did it for cosmetic reasons. I don't care if you have proof. It's not true. She did it for cosmetic reasons. It cost her church $200,000 in tides. And you know what? She doesn't sweat. She doesn't it smell sounds, when she sweat. It sounds very dangerous. Mary refill and remember when Mary said her lung collapsed she like brought that up and it's like yeah because they had to like make your lung go down and then they try to refill it and your lung was probably like why are we doing this so she has this really dangerous surgery and we think it's just for cosmetic reasons I keep coming back to this question why do any of us have odor glands if you can just have them removed is it I think pheromones are a thing though Aren't pheromones a thing? Like how you find a mate? Like there's this animalistic thing inside of us, which for Mary, you you probably don't need your odor glands because your grandma found your mate. So that removal makes a lot of sense. Um, I had heard. Why do any of us have odor glands if they can just be removed? I don't, first of all, they're not supposed to be. Let's start there. But don't you remember in biology in like eighth grade, they talked about pheromones and like you need them to find a mate. That's how animals find a mate. That's how humans find a mate. There is a part of it. But Mary's grandma found her mate, so she doesn't need her pheromones. So Mary was like, you know what? I already have a husband. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I had heard the reason this this little gal, my friend's friend who got it removed, was because she is trying to date and she didn't want the, that smell and excessive sweating when she's trying but, to hold hands. 
Without the pheromones, how's she ever going to get married? Well, like she's still single. So you in one plus one equals two on that one. $200,000 down the drain. <laughs> should have spent it on a wedding. Do we, do we have any more hot goss or should we get into the episode? Let's get into the episode. I didn't get as much hot goss this week. Please send it. Yeah, please send it. Um, so we start very first line. John, I need to diet Coke really badly. Spoken by Lisa. All right. Bro. Thanks, Lisa. Every morning I say, Steven, I need a Diet Coke so badly. We have a Maverick block away. One of us walks over, comes back with 244 ounces. It's the perfect marriage. I will say there is something to me about very bold about a 44 ounce. Like I'm not confident enough to get a 44 ounce. Because that's not believe in yourself. I, I can't. I, I, I sometimes think about doing the 44 ounce because there's a styrofoam version at the at the gas station by me, but I just like, it's so embarrassing that you're just admitting like, this is how much Diet Coke I'm planning on drinking. I'd rather get two 32 ounces in one day than 144. Sometimes it's I just two 44 in one day. That's And that's fine. I probably drink that much caffeine, but I can't admit it to the clerk or anybody that sees me at the gas station that I'm planning on drinking that much Coke in one city. I mean, I'm not a tall person. So the 44 ounce is like a Your third torso. Of body. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is. I, I have to do two hands and that's embarrassing. Like, Oh, I'm just a baby with a caffeine addiction. So good for Lisa. Uh, yeah. Confident. Good for Lisa. Uh, Meredith is getting, it's either warm or cool sculpting with Brooks. Um, <laughs> oh, Brooks. Thank heavens. He's really setting the tone. Can't wait back. to see more of him. He's in this episode. We missed him so much. So glad he's back. Whitney has decided she wants to throw a 1920s party. We don't, do we have a reason? Is it anyone's birthday? She says she loves the twenties, which I'm like, Whitney, name one fact, name one fact, you know, about the (laughs) twenties. And then I will be like, yeah, you can throw this party, but you know, Whitney doesn't know anything about the twenties, but like a flapper dress. She thinks the great Gatsby is like a heartwarming tell. Um, <laughs> she thinks it's real life. She, she's like, you know, our president, Jay Gatsby. Jay Gatsby. Um, and oh, we have Heather who is planning a party of her own. Five of her employees are pregnant for the first time, all with boys. Can you believe it? Heather sure can't. She's like, I'm not going to get them diapers and onesies. I'm going to get them these dumb little toy cars that they can't use when what they really need are diapers and onesies. Hey, I want to say this so any of my friends and family hear me. I don't want a Range Rover for a baby shower gift. I don't, I don't, I don't want it. It's a waste of space. And it, like, it's point, it is truly deeply pointless. I felt like more than anything, it was just Heather bragging. It wasn't even like helpful for those baby mothers. It was just like a brag from Heather. That I drive a Land Rover. A I feel Rover. like Sorry. a lot of things have been becoming clear about my location where I live. Again, I don't love the mirror held up to this. And what it is right now is people look like twins. Like, do you notice Whitney and her friend? I'm like, you guys look like sisters because it's boob jobs, Botox, and blonde hair. I'm going to put Heather in that. Sharp blonde bob. Sharp blonde bob. So I'm like, everyone's looking like twins. Everyone apparently is driving a Range Rover when they should be using that money to buy a better house. Like, I just don't love what I'm seeing about myself. Okay. (laughs) I don't love it. It's a tough, it's tough, but it's It's jagged. It doesn't go down easy. It's not 
easy for me to see that this is what everyone sees about Utah. And it's easy. It's less easy for me to realize how true it is. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Okay. So like, we got, can we even get defensive anymore when it's like, no, but really, I mean, but really it's okay. the truth. Jen shows up for some reason. Some uh, diversity is probably the reason we needed someone who wasn't like looks exactly the same. Emily Jen shows up getting (laughs) driven by her aunt. And I have to assume it's not the aunt that had the legs amputated. I had the same thought. This has to be a different aunt. Uh, She also shows up in bananas shoes. Oh, bonkers shoes. It's it's snowing, Meg. I don't get it. I I know I gave Mary a really bad time about those white opaque tights, but like I don't get open toe shoes in snow season. You people in Utah do it all the time. And it's so stupid. Why are you wearing flip flops when it's snowing? Well, I think it looks bad. Like, I think it looks like you have no sense for fashion seasons, right? I think it looks like you went to BYU Hawaii for one semester, sophomore year, and you just can't let go of that aloha lifestyle. And now you're in your Aeropostale shirt and your cargo (laughs) shorts when it's two degrees outside. Yep. Uh, So not into it. Heather Heather, now. Heather and I have the same wreath on our front doors. So that's not nothing. Where was it? Like to know it. What's the swipe up? Obviously. (laughs) Target. Okay. Where else would you buy a wreath? Okay. Well, what's this predictable about Heather buying something from Target? Is Heather talking about being ex-Mormon and divorced again? Like yawn, Heather. She's she's upset, you know, she's looking at pictures of her children and then there's like this gap missing in pictures and she said when my husband left me everything just kind of stopped and she talks about how she felt like uh she had failed to meet her calling in life which That's she is in Mormonism is being a wife and mother and the other women tell her that actually, oh, and I agree, actually, she is helping her daughters learn that they don't have to conform to something if they're miserable, that their happiness should be a priority, yada, yada, I mean, yada. Heather needs a therapist so bad. She so needs a therapist. She's got to work through some stuff. About what your friend said, that this has been 10 years. Of, what was the phrase she used? Oh, yeah. I was said... I, someone messaged me and and I was like, I feel like Heather's in a real self-discovery. And this person was like, I have known her for 10 years and she has been like this for 10 years. And I will say in just the three episodes, I have known Heather, I am bored with her dialogue because you create, okay. I'm again, I don't want to take away. I understand why she feels the way she feels. I was also grown up. I grew up Mormon. I understand why she feels this way. But at one point, you decide how you feel on your own. And the fact that Heather says, well, I only married him because he's Mormon. I was like, Heather, you are freaking living in like he living halls. Throw a shoe and there's a Mormon guy you can marry. Like you, that is such a stupid excuse to me. Like you are old enough to get married. You're old enough to know your own mind. And I'm like, it's very convenient that you only married him because he was Mormon, but he's rich. So I'm like, okay, if you're not going to marry for love, I guess marry for money. Like, good move on that, Heather. But I just think I'm so bored with her dialogue about Mormons can't get divorced. I can't stress it enough. I am in a marriage with a divorced person. We're fine. It happens all the time. Mormons get divorced. People just don't keep the same dialogue. Look, you know what your daughters are sick of? You talking about the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Uh, she really, really, truly needs to go to therapy. And that's not pejorative. Like, therapy is a great thing i think everyone mm-hmm. should go to therapy heather especially she's heather really you need therapy on a lot and, and uh, i 
wish that I could help her, but I'm just a viewer. I can't. There's no help in her. Have you ever been in love? I want to talk about the thing that disturbed me most about that conversation with Heather, though. Please. It's Jen's earlobes. Okay. And I don't want to, I don't want to throw shade at Jen, but Jen's earlobes are insane. They are dragged down so far because her earrings are so heavy. And everyone knows, I think Jen is very pretty. I think she's stunning. But I'm like, if you are getting Botox on your knees, Cap Jen, you got to get those ears figured out. Her ears are almost to her like neck. It's a real issue. It's a real issue as a viewer. It feels like the piercing is too low on her ear. It's a combination, I think. The ear's too low. She's been wearing big earrings for years, and they are dragged so far down. You will not stop noticing it now. Wow. I wonder what kind of reconstructive surgery you can get for that. I know you can do. I thought it was Botox in your ears that tighten it back up. But I also know people do surgery where they get it, like, lifted almost and, like, re-sewn up there. And then it heals smaller. Like, you remember when people got gauges? Hey, remember when gauges were a big deal? I sure do. And then all those people... I watched Fast and the Furious for the first time last night. And how was it? It's bad. Lots of gauges, lots of bleached hair. It was Mm -hmm. a very 2001 go on. Yeah. And then all those people like were 35 and were like, hey, I don't want gauges anymore. And so they had to get that like surgery where they like sew it back up. So I'm just wondering like, Jen, have you heard about it? Yeah. Look into it, Jen. Jen, look into it. Let me know about that. Have one of them call. So then we meet up with Meredith who forgets to put a lid on a blender and her margarita spills everywhere. Oh, she's so silly. Meredith, you silly gal. You little goose. So our producer has to clean that all up. Uh, And walk Chloe and Brooks. Chloe is dressed for a a cocktail party. I don't know what's happening. I think she's 18 and like going to the Emmys. I don't know. I um, think she was like, this will be my debut on Real Housewives. I'm going to wear this. Like, what is it? A Betsy Johnson, like puff sleeved, short, cleavagey. It is house. something. It really is something. And I'm like, Brooks, help your sister out. Because, you know, Brooks always looks very effortlessly cool. When he was wearing that denim jacket, one side black, one side denim, like jean denim. I was like, Brooks, you've done it again. Brooks also reveals in this episode that he has his own clothing line. So I'll buy it. Did he design that jacket? What if he designed that dress? Oh, no. I hope we don't find that out. Oh, that would be tragic. Uh, that jacket reminds me a lot of New Kids on the Block. Or oh, for ones, sure. Who are the ones that wore the backward jeans? Crisscross, going to make you jump, jump. I miss the bus. I uh, miss the bus. You remember that one? <laughs> one of their uh, lesser known hits? I, I, I personally don't remember it, but it sounds incredible. I'm going to Spotify yeah. that. Right it was very spot on. And it was a very crisscross jacket. He looks cool, though. I like everything oh. Brooks does. I'm very into. And he was very cool this episode. So cool. Uh, which leads us to Jen, who shows mm-hmm. up and she's just hanging out with the Marks fam because Sharif is gone all the time. You know, he, I mean, he's gone. He's a coach. She's very busy. Her kids are doing their own thing. Which, like, she so, says that, and one of those kids is like thirteen. I know. It's so I'm like, what do you mean by that? You've been gone literally all day. Why? <laughs> literally, where has your son been? I guess it, Stewart's probably driving him to practice. Yeah, good for Stuart. So huh. she decides that she's going to go hang out with her other family and she's goofing around with Meredith on the couch and she's talking about her outfit that she's going to wear to Whitney's mm-hmm. Roaring Twenties party. Yep. And that she 
can't do high kicks in it. And everyone says, what are you talking about? And she's like, you know, high kicks. And she does it, Meg. She demonstrates her high kicks. To me, it didn't look like a big deal. It looked like a woman lifting her leg up on the couch. I don't know. I don't know if the angle was bad, but Brooks claims that he saw a lot of Jen that he didn't. Her vagina was in my face, is actually what he claims. She not wearing underwear. Like, I have a lot of follow up questions. There's a lot of questions for high kick gate. There are a lot of unanswered because. I mean, Brooks does speak for all of us when he says he's uncomfortable, but I'm not uncomfortable that she's high kicking. I like, there is something about moms needing approval from kids that just Ooh, makes me yeah. feel so like, now it's not even sad. I just feel like, mm, I don't like it. Like, I think I want to throw up and it, it's just, you don't need approval. I mean, of course I want Brooks approval. I, of course she's very cool. But if I'm hanging out with Meredith, like, I don't care what her kids think about me. And why does she want to? The best part, though, about all of this was that the kids said they had to go to Best Buy. (laughs) That's how they got out of that whole party, in quotation marks, was they were like, we have to go to Best Buy. And I was like, that excuse is so hilarious. What are these kids buying at Best Buy? Like a laser disc? Like, I don't understand what they needed. Uh, uh, uh. Box set DVD of I don't know, whatever. We got to pop in and buy the new box set DVD from uh, a remasters of I guess Wish Upon a Star. I feel like Brooks would be into that show. Have Wish you seen that? Have you that was filmed in Salt Lake City? Oh, girl, yes, with Catherine Heigl. I feel like Brooks would get into that. Brooks would love it. He would say it's iconic. Fun thing about Chloe is she dresses just or she talks just like Brooks, but it's like female. It, like they it, it's just cool. Uninterested in anything you have to say. Like they're bored. They talk like they're bored by themselves. You know, like we have to go to Best Buy. Like they're just <laughs> so bored by their own lives. Oh, man, I wish I was like that. I think it's cool. Like, I'll say, I think it's cool. I don't need your approval, Brooks, but I think you're cool. Uh, so Lisa is teaching her son to drive. She says a prayer oh, on a camera. Be- a real accurate prayer. <laughs> when is she going to tell us what Mormon 2.0 is? Because when she did that prayer, I was like, I don't understand. I don't get it. Um, you pray. I mean, I just like, and it's fine. She can do whatever she wants. I just want to know what it is so I can judge it accordingly. Yeah, exactly. Because right now I don't Again, get, I don't get it. They're giving us, give us more information or give us no information on all of this stuff. Like spell it completely out for me or don't tease me with it. Yeah, don't right? say Mormon 2. Point. Maybe I'm interested in that and I'd love to convert to Mormon 2.0, but I don't know. All I know is that you're doing all the same Mormon stuff. You're drinking Diet Coke. You're telling your kid he can't watch porn. You're saying prayers out loud. So like, so I mean, the only thing so far is that she has an alcohol business, but she always alludes to the fact that she doesn't drink it. So I don't understand. Haven't we seen her drink or was it like her just holding a glass? I think we just saw her holding a glass. And when they were at that sun, was it snowbird dinner? I felt like she had a diet Coke because there was like a dark liquid with a lime in, I mean, with a lemon in there. And now that we know that's her drink, Mm. I think it was a diet Coke. Anyway, I just email Lisa back. Please email Lisa back and ask her what Mormon 2.0 is. I need to know. I will, I will. All right. So then Meredith and Mary meet up for dinner at Table X, which is like three blocks from my house. Don't find me and murder me, 
It's not worth it. You just gave us so many context clues. Maverick, <laughs> Table X. Yeah, uh, which way for Maverick? Huh? Good which luck, you guys. Good luck. Um, I want to talk about Mary's outfit because it can't be ignored. Why is Mary wearing hot pink jeans? Mary is like so stuck in the 2008 look. I can't with her. I cannot with her. She's wearing pink jeans that are like a little bit poofy and a a red top. And is she wearing her Chanel gloves here? No, that's later. One. No, she is. She's wearing one single fingerless glove again. Just the one. So edgy. Oh my gosh, Mary. You're so edgy. Like you already married your grandpa. You don't need to be edgier. Just like put on a shirt, a blazer and pearls. So yeah, she married her grandpa and she kind of starts talking about it and I'm and I wish she wouldn't. It's dark. It's um at one point during this, I thought, should I call the police? This woman has been kidnapped and forced how, into a marriage. How does Meredith keep a straight face? I mean, she really is she's a best supporting actress nominee because if Mary Mary talking about how attached she is to her son. I was like, yeah, of course you're attached to your son. You're in a weird marriage with your step-grandpa. Like, your son has to have all your love because you can't put it anywhere else. It's just so, I mean, when Mary talks about her wedding, I, I, I can't, it's hard. Um, it's so hard to talk. I, I can't, I mean, I'm just so flustered. When Mary starts talking about the wedding night, I thought, I wish I were dead right now because yeah. Mary using the words wedding night and on my and on my period in one sentence was just too Meg. She's, she's Your asking dog is also upset. My dog hates Mary's period stories. <laughs> it's like, but she is requiring too much of me at this point. She is asking too much of me to listen about her marriage and then to talk about, I was on my period for two weeks. Like, first of all, how old was your step-grandpa? He was like 70. He doesn't know how periods work. He didn't know for two weeks you were not on your period for real. Like, there's that first question. Like, that guy is old. So he knew, he knows what a period is. But she's like, I wasn't on my period for two weeks. Like, I'm sorry, but if you're having sex with your step-grandpa, two weeks is not much of a, like a space to give yourself to get into a mental place with it. Am I wrong? No, you are 100% correct. The whole thing was very upsetting. It started when they were talking about marriage and Meredith was like, I'm not one of those people who says everything is perfect. My life is perfect. Mary is like, yeah, you can, anyone who's married can't tell me they're happy or that they're happy. Like, we've been married 20 years. And I'm like, yeah, but how long have you known him? Yeah. And she, she's like, Meredith is like, kind of asks, could you ever leave the marriage? And she's like, no, this marriage was arranged. There's no getting out of it. And, that, and that's I was when like, I'm like, what? You was in a, Mary, you're in a cult, but you also might be the leader. So I don't know who to tell you to call. Uh, yeah. Because when Mary keeps saying, I can't leave. I'm like, no, you can't. Listen, you can leave. You can't leave and keep all your money. You can't leave and keep your house. You can't leave and keep your your terrible closet of designer clothes. So it's not that you can't leave. It's that you can't leave and have the lifestyle that you have, which right. I, I get it. She seems to live in a very nice 90s mansion. So good for her. But you're married to your step-grandpa, Mary. Yeah. And when Mary 
I don't know. I was just like, Mary, why don't you just come through the TV screen and choke me to death? Because you're literally killing me with this conversation about your marriage. It just, I want to feel bad for her. But as I mentioned, I can't decide if Mary is in a cult or running a cult. So it's hard for me to have a ton of sympathy. Mary's also really shown us, if you believe something, if you say something enough on repeat, you start to believe it. Because how many times did you hear Mary say, I'm I'm happy about my marriage. I'm happy this happened. Like, I'm grateful about my marriage. I'm like, okay, so I could convince myself I I love mushrooms. If I tell myself every day, I'm happy to eat mushrooms. I'm grateful for these mushrooms. Eventually, I will love them the way you love your weird step-grandpa. You don't like mushrooms? I mean, is it, if that's yeah, if that's the message you got, yeah, yeah, I don't like mushrooms. That was my takeaway. Your takeaway uh, here? She talks about her mom and how her mom threw a fit when they got married. Like that's on her mom. Yeah, like what we're supposed to judge the mom for being the only sane person there. But wait, Mary did she was say twenty two? <sighs> Robert was forty five when they got married. It, which, how old was the grandpa? I mean, the so grandma. Yeah. The grandma was 20 years older than Robert Sr. Boy, so he married oh, that was her a- when she had four kids. There's actually, there was like an open investigation because they don't think she died of natural causes. Uh, so she that's dies. A, and that's on Desert News. You can Google this. This is, yeah, this is like, it could easily turn into a true crime season of Real Housewives. Oh, boy. Season, and we've I just, into. I, I was going to say, we've just hit the most peak watching show for me true crime and the real housewives every white woman in america imagine the ratings like it would be out of control um but yeah they they think there may have been suspicious causes she dies he skips a generation instead of marrying the daughter he marries the granddaughter the mom is understandably upset that her 22 year old daughter is being forced into a marriage no but mary aged pastor okay but i'm gonna have to interrupt you here because mary acts like her mom is mad she didn't marry the grandpa like it's not just that she's mad that her daughter got married to the grandpa the mom is madder that she is not the one marrying the middle-aged grandpa because it comes with all the money and all the prestige and the house and that house that 90s again terrible Ugh, you'll see it in a couple scenes, that terrible 90s mansion. So that's the thing that was even more bonkers to me. It's not that the mom was mad because she's like, hey, my daughter's getting brainwashed into marrying a 45-year-old. She's like, hey, I wanted to be brainwashed into marrying a 45-year-old. But I don't know. Listen, there's a lot of stuff about Mary on the internet. And I don't want to get sued or whatever because I'm sure she listens to this. (laughs) But (laughs) I, the thing that interests me the most about all of this is that Mary supposedly was married at the time to somebody else. Yeah. So not only supposedly, all right, so not only was Mary married to someone else who was around her age from everything I can gather, as soon as her grandma died or was murdered, we don't know yet, the step-grandpa was like, hey, I read the will, and you're actually supposed to marry me. So then Mary has to get divorced from her current husband to marry her step-grandma, grandpa, and then her mom is mad because she wanted to marry the step-grandpa. And the step-grandpa if I may, is an overweight, weird smiling, soup making father. I mean, he's not a catch. No. There's one point later in the episode where she says, 
if I could have picked any guy in the world, it would have been this guy. And then it cuts to him like hobbling over the kitchen, like giving her this weird smile in this like oversized top. And you're like, nice job, editors. <laughs> and flannel pants. I know. Uh, the editors are really the stars here. Because I'm like, Mary, listen, I have a very happy marriage. But I would choose, like if I could marry anyone in the world, there's a lot of options is all I'm going to say. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Speaking about uh, being married, Meredith is not. <laughs> so real quick, before I move on, I just need to say the way Mary talks about her son and her son having a girlfriend made my stomach turn. Uh, I hate it. I hate it when yeah. women call their sons, my little boyfriend or the son. love of my life. Yeah. Like I cannot deal with that. She's very jealous of the girlfriend. It's really icky. I don't care for it. One I, do, I would have to just one up that. It's so uncomfortable. You shouldn't, you should love your kids. You shouldn't be in love with your kids. Yeah. It's a real big difference. There's a line that's getting blurred there and it, <laughs> it makes me very uncomfortable. Very. So Meredith decides to wear a suit coat over her shoulders to make guacamole as one does. Yep. Uh, Meredith, who doesn't know how to put a blender on, knows how to make guacamole. So I'm a little, there's an unanswered question. I would not eat a meal Meredith prepared. I just don't trust (laughs) that woman with food. Uh, Brooks is telling her that he's very uncomfortable with Jen who flashed her vajayjay in his face. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She's like, all right, right, that makes sense. She has like this voice that's like very like no inflection. Meredith? Oh yeah, Meredith's like, yeah, I understand that she's her vagina was in your face. I don't have to. I guess I won't have a sleepover. I'm like, okay, Meredith. So she decides to cancel the sleepover on Jen. There's also this interview with Meredith where she has completely different hair. I I was going to say, I don't like this haircut. What is going on? I I don't know. Meredith normally has like long curled at the ends, glamorous Uh hair. And in this one confessional, which they film at the very end. And so I'm super confused. They must have like brought her back. I heard they had to do confessionals. They didn't get all the confessionals done and then COVID hit. So then they had to do them later. Because Whitney later also debuts a brand new confessional look. Um, But Meredith, I mean, Meredith now has like a very severe haircut and she's wearing like a lace up top, but that lace is like at your chest. It it was bizarre. I'm like, you've been hanging out with Whitney Rose way too much. It's a lot. Um, I don't think Brooks would like it. So then Mary is talking to her son about school in family breakfast with this very, very old man who is her husband. Like this guy is. You thought that was the butler, right? Cause he was just putting around, he's just putting around the kitchen, putting stuff on a tray to carry the tray two feet. I was like, this is like the housekeeper or the butler. No, no Saeed. Robert Sr. It's her husband. So they're talking to Robert Jr. about school. And he's like, well, if you send me to a different school, I can't be with my girlfriend. And Mary is floored that he wouldn't want to go to a different school. And I'm like, kid, don't you want to go to boarding school? You got it. That means you get away from your mom who your mom is serving a real Brett Michaels does glam look. I was like, she looks like she just came off the rock of love bus. A with little Cleopatra. Yeah. It, 
it was like a bedazzled headband, but she was wearing it across her forehead. It was like a leopard print kind of like shiny t-shirt. I mean, I, I just was like, how was Sturgis this year? Yeah. Uh, big, big jade necklace. <laughs> it's all, she really makes a statement. Sure does. Whitney and her dad and her dad's hair show up to church, to Mary's church. Mm-hmm. I want to apologize for calling that dad good Charlotte the whole time last episode, because what he actually is, is the lead singer from train. Um, it hit me this time when he was wearing that jacket and I've been singing drops of Jupiter talks like summer and she walks like rain. That's him. Um, and, and I'm going to stand by that. Hey, soul sister. Hey, you Mr. Mr. He's like, Hey Mary, can I borrow that gold microphone? I just want to belt something out really fast. Hey, soul sister. Uh, yeah, looking like the train, serving train cosplay, her and her dad show up at church, Mary and Whitney's in a sheer shirt, which I thought you show them girl. Yeah, this was kind of, I didn't like that we saw all of this. It felt, um, like we were violating some personal space. They appeared to be very moved by the church service brought to tears. Sure. Um, showing any church service on TV is tough. Yeah, I'm not I'm not into uh it's just hard cuz like how can you say anything without sounding like a total jerk? But I'm going to go ahead and do it anyway. Um the thing about Mary's church was it's all about Mary, right? Like yeah. I I mean I haven't been and I'm definitely planning on going 100% we're going to that church even if it means we're joining a cult. We're going because I have to see it in person because that whole episode I'm just like you just made there's 150 people here and you only talked about your three white friends mary the whole time they're all moved to tears the whole congregation the whole cut so i feel like i'm either missing something they didn't film something or there's a bigger like brainwashing something is going on here i need to go to that church i need to see what's going on i'll wear a mask let's go okay Uh Jen is prepping. They're doing like a dress rehearsal for yeah. getting ready for the party to have that much time in a day. You get- and also, what's the income the going into the shot crew? I mean, there were like 15 people there. Yeah. Yes. And she says she has a whole crew of people working here. Now, I've been doing some mental math. Last week, we said 500000 a year. I just, I don't think it gets her there. I don't think she can pay for like a whole crew to be with her all day, every day. Like what's Stuart's salary? Yeah. Because if we're assuming even $10,000, let's say they all make $10,000. I'm like, you're spending 30000 I mean, 300000 on just, she has so just many. She's got 300 people popping in and out. And then she's asking for a professional crier, which I'll do for free, Jed. I cry all the time anyway. I'd be happy to come and cry in front Wait, of you. What? What professional crier? That's that's what she said. She was like, I can't cry because I don't want to ruin my makeup. I need someone to cry for me. And I was oh, like, right. uh, me, I'll do it. My hands up. I'll I do cry, it for free. Yeah, I've been crying a lot lately. I just let me send you some of my tears. I'm happy I, to do it. I'll come sit in front of you. You put on that show called mid called the midwife. I'll cry for as long as it's on and get all your emotions out for you. I, I got you, Jed. Uh, time for the baby shower. They're all dressed in white. It's like an Instagram nightmare. Mm-hmm. You know, Jen shows up with barbed wires wrapped around her legs. It looks super painful. <laughs> I thought cool. To be honest, when she stepped out, I was like, who's this Victoria's Secret angel? Oh, it's Jen. 
She's got well, like feathers I mean, on her dress. It's amazing. It's amazing that she can do that to her legs and it doesn't look like wrapped ham. Like, like she's actually. Oh, it did not it. look like wrapped ham. You're right. At the baby shower, we see the worst pep talk maybe ever known to man by Heather. Mm-hmm. Um, who, I mean, you, you know, once you're pregnant, you can't take it back. So why are you acting like these girls can be like, oh, you know what? Never mind. Delete, delete. I'm going to like not be pregnant. Like they're all very, very pregnant. They cannot. They can't get out of it. So why are you sharing this weird message? And also get some pants that fit because why is your crotch mid thigh? Did you notice how much she had to pull up her crotch? Yeah, and the fan. I don't. Pack was here's a lot the question I have for the rose gay cousins. For real, this is a sincere question. Why would you wear that when you know you're going to be on TV? And that's the question. Look, I've worn some things on camera before that I regret. And I think in my mind, it was just too much confidence. Mm. Me thinking, I can make this work. I can pull I don't this see, off. Like confidence is not a problem I see Heather having personally. Um, she could dress better for her body. I'm going to say it. I'll help you. No, yeah. I won't because I don't want to have to hear about your divorce. I, I don't want to. Never mind. I take that back. I won't help you. But someone Speaking will, Heather. Of- she brings up again how unperfect her life is. She's projecting pretty wildly onto these girls, saying that they are expecting to birth Gerber babies and sleep train their babies in five minutes. Like, I bet they're not. I bet that they're more prepared than you're giving them credit for. And you, again, need to go to therapy and work through this issue you have where your expectations for your life have not been met because that's a Heather problem. And you're Heather- everyone else's problem including me and honestly I'm getting a little tired of it yeah like if I could now say one other thing to Heather besides the first question my follow-up would be Heather get a diary you could put these thoughts into a diary that's just for you and you don't need to take us through this journey because we don't want to go on it like we're getting bored you're never going to be asked back for a second season and the beauty lab is never going to blow up like it could and the thing that makes me really mad about this is I felt like Heather had some real potential episode one because Lisa was a mean girl and Heather was like kind of getting beat up like she's the underdog but now I'm like no 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 Heather's not the underdog Heather is the dog that's just laying flat on its belly and does not want to get up even if you offer it a treat like she does nothing to help herself and I'm actually getting very annoyed she doesn't want to get better I think that's the problem and I think we all know people like that who like love having their problems you know and like Mm -hmm. without them Mm -hmm. they don't they just wouldn't know they have no identity almost and like I did feel I was a little bit sad for Heather initially when she was like, when my husband left me, because I wasn't expecting that. I expected Heather left her husband because she wanted a different lifestyle. So now I am seeing this a little differently. Her husband left her. She now everything she believed because she didn't ever think about anything for herself. She put together a patchwork of beliefs that she felt like would keep her warm. And once that husband left and like took a thread and it all just untangled, Heather just does not know how to care for herself. And now Heather, her entire identity is I'm divorced and I was wrongly divorced, Mm -hmm. which I'm like, it's hard. That's a hard way to live. And it is a hard life for your kids. So I do think it's awesome. You're a strong female for your kids, but what a really strong female would do is like leave her baggage behind and move forward baggage free. So I say this from years of therapy. I see my therapist once a week. I call my other therapist every other week. Like I'm going to a lot of therapy. So I feel like I'm basically a therapist, Heather. And what you need besides a diary is to just like shed that code of the past. You don't need it. You don't need it. You don't need this dialogue because guess what? Even though you keep saying Mormons can't divorce, half the state's divorced. So you're 
troubles aren't interesting. We, we all understand what divorce is. I think too, that even people who aren't a part of this culture would be getting bored with this. Like, I think the first couple episodes they are like, whoa, I didn't know that about Mormons. Oh, I didn't whoa, know polygamy. Whoa. So interesting. But at this point, they've got to be like, wow, we're still talking about this. You know? I mean, yeah. I'm like, bring up the white salamander if you want to make Mormons interesting again by episode three. But like talking about perfection <laughs> and needing like this marriage thing to work out. I'm just like, we're all over it. Um, well, you know what I else? think like, the the Lisa Whitney stuff is way more interesting. Like the the woman who calls herself an active Mormon versus the woman who hasn't denied being a swinger. Like that's that's like a much more interesting dichotomy of you. Yes. Agreed. And maybe because we live here and I know Heathers. I know I know a dozen Heathers. Um but I think again, even outside Mormon Mormonism, everyone in every community knows divorced people who like that becomes their identity is that they're divorced. Yeah. And so she just has this extra annoying dialogue where she uses the word perfect, like ad nauseum. Yeah. Perfect. Like if I hear perfect one more time out of Heather's mouth, I'm well, gonna marry. Coming from the uh, the owner of Beauty Lab Lasers. Well, yeah, and like someone did point out to me this week, Emily, the gays are very, very wealthy. Her ex in laws, they're like. Like yeah. they do are like they're richer than Romney, just not as well known. So I'm like, she's got to be getting some money coming in. I mean, I know she lives in a townhouse or whatever, but I'm like, you're obviously getting some money from beauty lab. You're obviously probably getting alimony. So like, you don't have a terrible situation. You don't have an ideal one, but like, just change what you want. I mean, the world's your oyster, Heather. You have free Botox. You have a Range Rover. You could be anything. So we're bored. The fact that you choose to be nothing. I would, I would love so much if we got a Heather love story. Like, Ugh. I hope that's what they're setting us up for. I hope she starts dating someone. I would really love to see that. I'd love to see her. I would love I'm that afraid, too. I'm afraid though, we're just going to get this over and over and She's over. not going to make it. Listen, Heather, you will not make it more than one season unless you have something interesting. And you were very interesting at the beginning and now you're not. You know what else is not interesting to me? Jen desperately trying to have a storyline. Just, I mean, she is like a beggar at a table. And the fact that she brings up Meredith and Mary again, which I don't know. I mean, I know I said I'm annoyed. I'm not annoyed because I love Jen and I live for her drama. I'm not interested in, remember she called herself Zen Jen. I I don't care about that Jen. I like to see like um, just messy. Yeah. Yep. So I do though think like there's got to be a better storyline for you than to bring up Mary again because we just went skiing. You were over it then. So why are you bringing it up two weeks later? Other than like, oh, I just realized last week when we were at dinner, no one even, we, I didn't even get a chance to talk about my outfit because I was not featured at all in that episode. So I feel like she's pushing a narrative. I do too. And it's, it's not really working. Um, and to be mad at Meredith just for associating with Mary fellow cast members on a show like that's it's a little far-fetched and hard I mean but that is what they do here that is a housewife um if you had like the 10 commandments of housewives number one would be don't look at porn (laughs) just kidding (laughs) throwback um it would be like cause bring up problems from two years ago and make them problems for today uh so I am interested in that I would love to see Mary just completely go crazy which I think is coming so I while I'm annoyed at Jen I'm also grateful for her because I need to see this Mary thing happen I'm just very anxious about it 
I'm a little nervous, I'll be honest. Um, they're all prepping for Whitney's party, choosing their outfits. Justin is super excited when Whitney tells her that she might smoke something illegal, whatever. Um, Jen By the way, Whitney's party, you know, used to be at the old hookah lounge, which kills me. It's right across from the Fashion Place Mall, the best mall in Salt Lake, oh the Utah Valley. Yes. I'm like, okay, so you're having a party at the old hookah lounge? Like, I don't know. It's just so embarrassing. And now it's called me. Prohibition, which, like, okay, be a little more subtle with your name. Yeah, um, I wonder what's going on there. Jen reveals her look, which she claims is 1920s. It's more 1940s Hollywood, I think. Yes. But, like, it's better than Meredith, who shows up in Bell Bottom. <laughs> Meredith does look cool. I'll give her that. She does look well, really cool. very cool, just not 1920s. Yeah, but in Meredith's defense, once they started showing the party, and I noticed, like, half the people there are just in cowboy gear because, like, why didn't Whitney rent out this bar? It's, like, half of it's just with normal Wednesday night patrons. It's, like, a sad version of the bridal shower they had for Mary on Selling Sunset. Oh, mm -hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just at a place where you just meet up. at a place where there's, like, boudoir-y people dancing on rings mm-hmm. and then we're gonna split the tab later everyone i didn't order an appetizer so i'm gonna spend five dollars less once we split this in half uh that was the night which i was like it just did kill me i was like meredith smart because if i would have shown up like jen to prohibition on a wednesday and there were half the people in like cowboy boots and baseball hats i would be humiliated i mean jen's yeah. not because she's confident but i would have been so embarrassed to look that way like Whitney, you're messy, which is great. Thank you. Yeah, it's it's pretty spectacular to watch. I'll be honest. Um, so we kind of end when Jen spots Meredith talking to Mary again about like nothing. They're talking about jewelry. It's not anything. It, and Jen is nothing. furious that Meredith livid. I mean, and she is also mad that Meredith canceled their sleepover at Brooke's insistence. Um, yeah, but like that whole dialogue was hilarious at narrative because she's always talking about how she never sees Coach Shaw. So like the thing that didn't add up to me was she was supposed to have a sleepover with Meredith that night, but she also had mentioned, oh, I think Sharif is going to be coming late to the party. So I'm like, okay, so Coach Shaw is home tonight and you're going to have a sleepover? What? Like, I don't know. I don't like grown up sleepovers. I really I don't. don't. I'm worried about all these people's marriages, except for Lisa and John. Lisa does seem like a pretty steady marriage. I'll, yeah. I'll give her that. Um, Lisa, I mean, I hate to agree with Lisa again tonight, but she also did say, like, what does stripping have to do with the 1920s? And at that yeah. point, I was like, great question, Lisa. And then she said, Whitney loves the stripper pole. She does, unabashedly. Her daughter knows. Her dad knows. Everyone knows Whitney loves the stripper pole. The family and her. you know what? God bless her for it because it takes, again, a confident woman – to just put her love of the stripper pole out there. Really does. Uh, Emily, it's been a real pleasure again. Can't wait for next week, truly. I mean, we will be back to discuss everything that happens. Until then, you can subscribe to The Green Room on Spotify or through the High Mind Fiend on Apple Podcasts. Please subscribe to our newsletter, hivemind.substack.com. You can find recaps of all these episodes on thebeehive.com, and we will be back next week. Bye.